You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of Inside Acting. I'm Trevor Algott. And I'm AJ Meyer, back from the dead. Back from the dead. And, and on this podcast, we interview actors, writers, directors, producers, agents, managers, casting directors, voiceover people, financial gurus, and motion capture actors, and other people that we have not just mentioned now in the past five seconds. And we interview, interview them on this podcast. I suck at this today. We put them in this podcast and then put the podcast out there on the internet for free for for our listeners <laughs> i'm laughing so hard i try not, not to do not it on the gonna, microphone uh i'm gonna edit that what <laughs> it's staying it's staying it's staying well it, see what our listeners don't know is this is our like third or fourth try yeah, yeah. <laughs> starting this episode and uh as always we uh obviously are not pros at this right <laughs> 84 episodes in we still don't know what the hell we're doing so we rely on you our listeners to contribute we've got some questions on today's episode they came in through that a variety of sources. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. had some questions through our Facebook page. We yeah. had some email questions. We've had a, uh, you know, we even got a voicemail that wasn't necessarily a question, but somebody called, which was cool. Uh, and on this episode, we thank have you. part three <laughs> of our third part interview with none other than uh, Mr. Woody Schultz, who you guys have heard two parts of uh, of his interviews so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so stick around for that. Wow. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, AJ. Good to have you back, uh, Thank back you. with us. So what's going on, dude? So I heard everyone thought you were depressed after the last yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a couple people got in touch with me, and they listened to the last episode. They were like, where's AJ, and why do you sound like you died? Uh, and it was because I went through uh, I went through MITT. I went through the, the advanced course, which was um, really amazing. And I remember when you went through it, you said to me, you know, when I when I showed up for advanced, I showed up to play. Like I was there to play, like a hundred percent all out. And I took that advice. I remembered that as I went into it and I was like, dude, you know what? Fuck it. Trainer says jump, I'm gonna jump. Yeah. Trainer says push ups, how many? You know, like just yep. just roll with it. And if it doesn't work, then what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And uh, so I went all out and just kind of you know, lost my voice. So uh, lost your voice. We're exhausted. Yeah. Like all this stuff. But yeah. but it was it was that's the only way to fly. You know, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to this kind of work. So yeah. so um so yeah. But I'm feeling much better now. <laughs> much better now. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not. I was you know I was thinking like for all those people who like got in touch with you and were saying, oh Trevor, are you like are you okay? Like is everything okay? I know having gone through it that you were fine. You were probably on cloud nine. It's just a matter of being exhausted yeah that yeah i get it you know five days in training like that especially like five full day i mean yeah. 12 14 hour days yeah, yeah. just yeah. exhausted so yeah. trevor's fine i'm fine i didn't actually <laughs> die and come back from the dead i was we just couldn't get our, our schedules together and we are committed to a regular release schedule when it comes to mm-hmm. the podcast so <clears throat> Yeah, Trevor we, just took the reins for, for, for a week. Yeah, we realize that's that's absolutely key. And, um, you know, gone are the days where we don't do that. So, 
Yeah. Amen. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> so what's new for you, Hello. man? I, um, I, well, I don't know if you want to talk about this in the podcast, but I, I loved what we did on Saturday night. Oh yeah. We, yeah, we can talk about that. We, uh, so Trevor attended a workshop that I put together in less than seven hours on Saturday night, which was really great. It was actually part of the, I think, unless there's something else that I don't know about, the highest level of training you can get from, from, from MITT, which is called their PhD program, which to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the name because you don't get a doctorate at the end of it. It's not like, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a misnomer. And when I first heard about it, I was like, kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, really? PhD? Mm-hmm. Well, ultra mega leadership program was already taken. So they had to pick really? something, you know, who has yeah. that one? Yeah, I do. I, I trademark. Oh, you yeah. trademarked that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> right on. Right on. Good, good, good job. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Good call. So I, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do it for, because it really is for about training trainers. It's to train people to do uh, this type of work, but to be on the trainer side of things um, as opposed to the participant side of things. So I wasn't interested necessarily at first, but then I thought about how good these trainers are at reading other people Mm -hmm. and how good they are at shifting their themselves, their style, their, the way that they show up to be whatever it is that that person needs them to be. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's exactly what we do as actors, especially when it comes to the non-acting work side of things. In other words, if I walk into a room now, my hope is that when you know when I finish this program, I can walk into a room, uh, either a meeting or an audition, or I have to differentiate between those two right now because <laughs> I am talking about two different things. Sure, sure. <laughs> a meeting, an audition room a pitch, whatever it is, and look across at the person that I'm in the room with and say, you know what, this person shows up to me like this, so I'm going to shift my the way that I am to mm. meet them where they are mm. and be whoever it is that they need me to be. It's not about being inauthentic. It's just about shifting styles. It's really about, you, it sounds like being a master communicator. Yes. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for that. I'm actually going to take that back to my team. That's what it all, that's, that is exactly what it's about. It's about being a master communicator and what are actors, if not communicators. Amen, dude. And it's going to, it'll support, you know, we have business people taking it. We have people who are committed to becoming trainers in this type of work. And every, so everybody's there for a different reason Mm -hmm. and everybody, the the type of work serves you in so many different ways. And yeah, it's about Mm -hmm. being a master communicator. I mean, it's going to, I know it's going to support me in being a better podcast host yeah, or absolutely. interviewer. You know, if somebody we interview is sitting across from, from us to be able to say like, oh, they're showing up to me as this. I'm able to read them and, and know like kind of where they're at and then be able to meet them where they're at so we can elicit or evoke yeah. the best of them. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it. So we put this workshop together in like less than seven hours and, and, and it Trevor was, showed up. It was phenomenal, by the way. It, it felt very, very polished. Very, it was just, you know, you, you get, to, when you go to these things, sometimes you expect a certain level of unpreparedness from, from people sometimes. Sure. Um, and, and it just becomes kind of normal. You're just like, oh yeah, like I know they're going to be shuffling papers or they're going to be saying um or ah or stammering or thinking about what they're going to say next or you expect that kind of thing. And you guys were so polished. And when you told me you had gotten that, basically that directive to do this tonight, that night at like 1 PM that day, Mm -hmm. I was, I was really floored, man. You guys, you guys had it together. And 
I think probably the biggest thing that I noticed that I saw in, in both of you guys, because you, you kind of co-did the workshop. Yeah, with, I, have, uh, with, I, have a, I have a buddy in, in the program. Yeah, and yeah. she was fantastic as well. But it was just this immense f- security in how present you guys were. Like, you, I, I never noticed your focus wander. I never felt like you guys left the room or stopped to ponder something that wasn't related or anything like that. You guys were present with us 100% and with a very kind of gentle hand just kind of guided us to a common ground that was the topic. And it was just, it was really well done. I mean, I told you afterwards, but it was, I thought you guys, it was awesome. So, Thanks, um, man. So keep doing what you're doing, dude. Thanks. And uh, it's just testament that um, if you do the work... Um, it can really, it can really pay off. Yeah. So Thank I can't, you. I can't wait to see how it translates to, uh, to your, to your artistic career. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for coming and thanks for the feedback and, and yeah, I'm excited too to see where, it, where it goes next. Cool. How long is the program? Six months. Whew. All right. That being said, it's not, it's actually not, it's not the same type of commitment as with, uh, the leadership program, which is what. Right. You're not doing. Right. What I what I am about to graduate from in, in three weeks here. It's longer overall, mm-hmm. but the time commitment is not as intense. So. Cool. Cool. So how was your week? What did you what were you up to? Uh, my week was spent doing the first week of LP stuff, man. <laughs> I mean you've, you've we both been have there. the same story right now. <laughs> I it's... know, but you've been there so you know what it's like. I mean, I I, I, I don't wanna say a lot about what is what the what LP entails, but Basically, you put together a plan for the next chunk of your life, and mm-hmm. they say, "Cool, I'm going to hold you to it." You know, it's you've got to be super specific. You've got to be super accountable to the people that you're in the room with and you're in your group with, and uh, it's um, it takes a lot of energy, but it also feels really, really good because there is no doubt in my mind that every single person in that group has my back, and oh, I've yeah. got the back of every single person. Just no doubt. It's just it's just 100. percent There's no question whatsoever, and that is a feeling that I realized has been lacking in my life that like I was creating relationships where trust wasn't all the way there. And I'm starting to realize that, you know, either something's there or something's not, there's no like halfway trust or anything like that. You know, it's, it's either a hundred percent or it's zero percent and it's a hundred percent with this. And so feeling that has, has been like a huge wake up call for me. And then I'm like, Oh my God. And I get to create this in every relationship of my life if I want to. And so it's been just this, this, paradigm shift of like, wow, like this could be my life where I could create these relationships and show up for people a hundred percent like this mm-hmm. and then have them show up for me in turn. And I mean, is there a better feeling in the world than knowing someone will be there for you? And, and, and is there a better feeling than, than knowing that you can provide that for somebody? It's just incredible, man. I can't say enough about this work. I, I, I just, I just, I mean, I was so resistant to it before I went into it. And now I'm like, I'm so thankful that, uh, that you and, and Ben, I kind of credit you guys both for, for bringing this into my world. This will definitely go down as one of the moments where I have been the happiest to have enrolled you <laughs> into going because <laughs> this is exactly it. You know, it's uh, all boats rise with the tide. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you get all your friends up to a big game like this and it's not necessarily, you know, <clears throat> I've said this before on the podcast, MITT is not the answer. The answer is you. You are the answer, and this was just an opportunity for Trevor, myself, Ben, to kind of get anything else that was on top of our authentic selves out of our own way so that we could, you know, support each other and be up to a big game, be doing things in our lives that really support 
our vision, which is in our case <clears throat> to be an actor, to be an artist, to mm-hmm. be, you know, kicking ass in whatever it is that we choose to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is exactly why, I mean, this is exactly, this moment is exactly why I wanted you to go in the first place is because yeah. now we get to take this podcast to the next level. We get to take, you know, other things in our lives to the next level. Um, and the thing that I wanted to say about, you know, how you were saying like, oh, I don't want to say too much because, you know, if you're listening to this, you get to have this experience. <clears throat> I can probably break it down to one thing, which is declaration. I think that's the big learn from, or at least it was for me, from that first week or two of of LP, is making declarations because people don't do that. Mm. People don't live that way. They don't make commitments, especially in Los Angeles, especially in like a big urban area. They're just kind of like wishy-washy right, right. or whatever. But if you say you're going to do something and then you put a date on it, that's the other really important thing. You put a date on when you're going to have new headshots. You put a date on when they're going to be printed. You put a date on when you're going to have a new website. You put a date on when you're going to have a new reel. Suddenly, not only is your butt on the line, but you will make it happen. You know, the how becomes becomes mm-hmm. the easy part. And the same goes that apathy. The same goes for what you were saying about having each other's back. Like there's so many people who get wrapped up in their own tunnel vision world, myself included, where they just, they have horse blinders on and they're just focused on their own life and they forget that the getting is in the giving, mm. you know, and they, for, they forget to give it, give them, give of themselves, give it away, be generous. You've talked give about this on the, now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've but talked yeah. about it on the, on the podcast before yeah. about gener- being generous, generosity. Yeah. You know, so it, it's huge. Those are, those are the two. The two things that I'm gleaning from what it is that you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, it's the scope of the work is so vast and good in that way. It's not like it's. It just feels very complete. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and again, you know, like you said, it's it's not like that. That that work is the answer. It's what I bring to it. You know, it's what. Yep. The, the participant brings to it. So exactly. Uh, amen, dude. Go MITT. <laughs> we have a couple of listener voicemails we want to jump into on this uh, emails on this episode. I said voicemails. I meant emails. Uh, thank you. Um, the first one comes from a gent named Patrick, and he uh, he has a question that I mean he has said some nice things about the podcast. He said he's really dug listening to it while he's on his motorbike. I think he said motorbiking his way around the streets of LA, which is pretty cool. Another way that people can can listen to the podcast. And this is something we have talked about, but I don't think he's quite gotten there in the podcast. He said, wouldn't it be great if there was a group of some kind where people could just get together and make stuff? Um, you could get together with up-and-coming filmmakers, writers, directors, producers, actors, and just make stuff. Uh, people might not necessarily be paid for their work, but they could you know, start building their reels that way and kind of cut their teeth and, and you know, just practice, practice, practice. Um, wouldn't that be cool? And we've talked about this, uh, I feel like it was almost a year ago now that we started that Facebook group, which mm-hmm. out of which, uh, two shorts actually grew. 
Uh, one of them was called Showtime, which I did with Drew uh, Crabtree, our buddy Drew, and his girlfriend Emma. And I don't know what happened to that one, but it was cool to make it. Uh, and then Donor was the second one. Yeah, and in a way, in a sort of off way, a prodigal son could potentially be you know absolutely most of the people who are involved in that were involved with the the makers group the facebook group right yes exactly yeah and and just to refresh people's memories if if, uh if prodigal son is kind of raising a question mark in their head it's uh it's the feature film that aj declared he would make uh happen by x date or y date and uh it started out as a web series it was going to be a web series and it was just uh, to try something different, try something new, because mo- it's, a, it's a spy thriller, and most people don't do spy thrillers when there's no budget. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, no budget, let me do a comedy or let me do a drama. <clears throat> but uh, a spy thriller, like, well, you, don't you need money for that? Well, we'll see. Like, I think we're, we're going to, you know, make some stuff happen, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so Trevor and I are actually both in this feature, but... The guy who, Alex Ulrich, who was our videographer when we went video for a few episodes, he's the writer-director. Carolina Gropa, who was involved with Donor, who was also involved with The Maker, she's uh, helping to produce it. So there's a lot of, I I think, a lot of good projects that have grown out of that that Facebook group. So what is it that we're saying to Patrick? Make make it happen? Do it yourself? Yeah. I mean, mean, groups like that exist all over the place. And I think we originally got the idea from Mark Atterbury. When we had him on the podcast, I remember him talking about a small group of, you know, people that are working in the industry that just kind of wanted to get together on the weekends and make stuff. And they would actually take turns. So if there were six of them, you know, it would be Mark's turn to do a script that he wanted to do or, or something that week. And then the next week, maybe Mark's holding a, or a month, I should say, the next month, Mark's maybe Mark's holding a boom and somebody else gets their turn to do their script or be in front of the camera or be behind the camera. The idea being that everybody gets an experience working in a different role, a different aspect of production, and you're constantly churning things out with these people you're building relationships with and trusting artistically. And, and anybody can do that. You know, I, I, I know there are groups out there that, you know, people like 48 hour film project, you know, you can do that kind of thing, but there's, there's no reason that you just can't start a Facebook group, invite seven of your best actor, director, writer friends and say, let's commit to one film every six weeks. Who's first, you know? And like, let's make this thing happen. And you know, it'll probably cost 200 bucks or so to rent equipment, feed people, pay for parking, that kind of thing. But you're doing stuff, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And, and learning in the process. Yeah. So there's, there's no barrier to entry on that. I mean, somebody's got a camera, somebody, you know, has a camera and they would love to make something. I guarantee yeah. it. Every person listening to this has somebody that is ready to rock with the equipment yeah. necessary. It might just be bare bones, but it's available. Yeah. So, and, and Patrick, the other thing too, is to just make yourself available to places where you might meet these kind of people. Uh, the, actor, yeah. the actors network or come to a tweet up, come to a tweet up or it's on our website. Yeah. The mm-hmm. dates for that location. Yep. Other networking events. What am I thinking of film festivals? Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I met a ton of producers, writers, actors, directors doing uh MITT. Yeah. Like, oh my uh, God. Yeah. Chris, Chris Falcons or whatever. He's, and he's, he's incredible. He's amazing director, yeah. producer, writer. Yeah, there. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of ways to 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 get out there and network. And then once you make friends with people and you build that network, then you know, like we're saying, just create a small group, Facebook group or or email group or whatever, and and say, okay, everybody has you know these types of talents. Yeah. What do you, what can you do? What do you contribute? So on and so forth. And then yeah, start making shit. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, we live in a world where where everybody not only are they multi hyphenates. 
but they should be multi-hyphenates. You know what I mean? Like how many actors out there are now writing because they can, because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to just go out there and make your own stuff. And who cares if it sucks, you know? And if you don't know people that are there, I mean, fuck it, hop on the inside acting Facebook group and just post it there. There you go. Who wants to work together? Dude, I'm in, I'm raising my hand right now. Like (laughs) if one of our listeners is like, I need somebody to come hold a boom for this script, send me the script, dude. If it's awesome. And I'm sure it is. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. They're, yeah. We're all in the same boat, you know. Yeah. So that and the and tide the, is rising. That's right. <laughs> Woo! I I think that was a secondary. Well, I think we had the two purposes when starting this podcast. One was to have an excuse to talk to people in the industry, and the other one was to create an actor community. Yeah. You know that sprung forth from the podcast because mm-hmm. there's a lot of them. It's not like there. It's not like we were looking for an actor community because we didn't know where to find one. There's a bunch of them in, L- in LA. This is just how we chose to build ours, mm-hmm. and that's a perfect reason or excuse or whatever you want to call it to use the Facebook group or use you know our website. What's another way? Uh, oh, uh, check out <clears throat> Scriptyard. You know, our theater yard. ensemble. Yeah, there you this, go. This, in fact, tonight is uh, mm-hmm. is, is uh, our monthly reading series where we read a, a, pl- a work by a local playwright or writer. And I mean, we have probably on average 40, 50 people show up to those and mm-hmm. everybody's involved in the industry somehow. And it's yeah. all there just to hear the work and bam, you know, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so our, web- our website, latensemble.com. And we've always got what's coming up and there's a whole section on the script yard itself, which is, uh, a reading that happened that have been happening every six weeks or so lately, maybe every, yeah. I think. And the goal every, is to be, to make it monthly. Yeah. And it's quickly kind of coming to be on ramping track up to that, be, yeah. yeah. Ramping up to, to, to be on track with, uh, with the monthly thing. And so you, when, when you hear this podcast, will be the, the day after <clears throat> because we're recording on a Monday, we'll post it on Tuesday. So it's actually happening tonight, which is a Monday night, October 1st. Yeah. So just, <clears throat> yeah, go to latensemble.com and take a look out for the for the next one. Boom. Hope that helps, Patrick. Uh, we have a second question we wanted to kind of quickly respond to. Actually, there's kind of three separate pieces to this, um, but it's from Marie. And uh, Marie also sent us a really nice donation. So thank you, Marie, for, for kicking a few bucks our way. Thank you, Marie. Keeps us going. Keep an eye on your inbox for uh, another kind of personalized thank you note there. Um, Marie has a couple questions. Um, she's been listening. She recently came across the podcast. She's up to about episode 33 or 34 or so. She recently listened to Mark Gant and Alan Barton's episodes and had some questions about that. So the first of the three questions, she literally says, how the heck are you supposed to get a hold of a script? Because I think, I think it was, uh, Mark Gant that said, you know, to look through a script and see what roles might be good for you so that you can specifically submit yourself for that role, making it easier for the casting director to make a decision. Oh, let me bring this person in. Like he was talking about Johnny, the bartender, for instance, right? He was talking about action steps and you're making it easier for the casting director or producer or director to bring you in for that role, because that's the very next action step after, Hey, look, I'm good for this role. Right. 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 So, um, she said, how the heck are you supposed to get a hold of the script? So there, sometimes you can get a hold of an entire script on Showfax, mm-hmm. which is part of Breakdown Services, which is also linked to Actors Access. It's all, they're all sort of mushed together there. But Showfax.com, you can either have a subscription on Showfax or you can pay per script. It's kind of expensive, 
especially if you do the subscription thing and you're not getting a lot of scripts that way. That being said, if you know you just want to be able to look through the scripts as often as possible, maybe it's worth it to you. It's probably a write-off, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. but you can get a lot of the full scripts from shows. So if you somehow, because she also asked asked if it was if if they were referring to breakdowns, mm-hmm. even though they kept saying script. The answer is no. They meant script. <clears throat> but if you have access to the breakdowns somehow. Being an actor, even though you're not supposed to, then you can look through those, see if there's a role that's right for you, and go, "Oh my gosh, I got to find this script." Go on to Showfax, download that particular script. Right. There aren't really any other ways to go about getting scripts. Yeah, not not really. Although I think that this method of of you know going through, seeing what role you're right for, just putting it on a yellow sticky note, you know, like I said, Johnny the bartender, slap on your headshot, send it in. I think that works equally well, even if you don't have the script, even if all you have are the sides or even just the character breakdowns. Mm-hmm. If you see that, you know, hey, I'm a 30 to 35-year-old male with uh, bartending experience, bam, you know, like I don't need the script for that. So uh, they did say script, um, but I think it's it's just kind of more the ideology of, of being able to just kind of make it really easy for the person to... To bring you in because their plates are full. The, yeah. the easier you can make it, you can make it for them to take a next action. Um, the likelier you'll get. Uh, right, you'll get a, an appointment. Right. So our second question is what What should it say in the cover letter if you were to send them a cover letter with your headshot and resume? <laughs> she said, "Besides, I love your show. Please book me." In quotes. Right. Um, that doesn't make you look like you're pandering to them. No, it shouldn't say, I love your show, please book me. It should say exactly what we were just saying, which is, I saw the breakdown, or I saw, or I know that, you know, something, blah, 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 something's coming up, some role, <clears throat> and I think that I would be, you know, good for this p- specific role. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to do is make it easier for them to take a next step. I would also add on to this as a total side note that doesn't, that she wasn't really asking, but I've had a lot of friends spend, days on set and i mean multiple full days on set with a director that they respected simply because they sent them a tweet yeah happened to my friend ben not ben whitehair my other friend ben but i can't remember the name of the director but he really liked him and he sent him a tweet saying something about he saw an episode of a show that he knew that the director had directed and the director was like hey do you want to come hang out on set for like literally send him a message saying hey like you should come hang out on set with me so there's there's all kinds of ways of getting in touch with these people, but just like we talk about in our integrity policy with the podcast, just make sure that you're actually interested. You're not. It's you're not doing it for the sake of getting cast. You're genuinely, you know, like if I had an uh, an opportunity to sit across from what's his name, Vince uh, Gilligan or Vince yeah, Gilligan from, Breaking Bad from Breaking Bad. Oh my God, I would I would probably be you know a, a giddy little boy. Like oh my gosh, I love your show. I love your show. I love your show. Because I've watched his show, I wouldn't do that, right. you know, with with someone whose whose work I wasn't you know familiar with. Yeah, I think Marie's concern is probably ass kissing mm-hmm. or looking like you're and, and desperate, right, and rightly so. Yeah, and rightly so. Yeah, so don't kiss ass. Be genuine <laughs> about what it is that you are saying to them. Yeah, and I would just add to that: do as much research as you can. You know, if you if you dig into this person's background and you find that. 
you find an old student film, you know, that they made somewhere along the line with that, you know, maybe you knew somebody who was in. I mean, you never know what what connections you able to dig up. I'm not saying stalk the person, but, <laughs> you know, Google them. Do your due diligence because that only will ever cry. I mean, as long as you're not psycho about it, it'll be very flattering to the person if you know about their background and that'll right. help you make a connection instantaneously. And if you see that, hey, they, they work at a, an animal shelter, you know, saving, you know, homeless dogs or something from euthanization i mean and you can bring that up in the environment or the environment you can bring that up in the interview or meeting or whatever the proposal and just say you know i also like have a big heart for that kind of thing bam instant connection you know what i mean you're connecting you're building a relationship you're not networking right yeah which we have also talked about yes on the podcast before and it's actually a perfect segue to the third part of our question which was is there a more reliable source for finding contact info besides imdb pro the only thing i can think of is either uh, ross reports or um going to samuel french and picking up the agent manager casting hmm. director books i was going to say castingabout.com or casting about there you yeah. go they're they're actually up and coming they're wow you know they're probably at this point more useful than uh, than Ross reports. Yeah, because the Ross report. I mean, it gets it can get outdated so quickly. You know, mm-hmm. people are on a show for two months and then they move on to another office and on another show, or yep. the show gets canceled, or yeah. And you know, having to go out to Samuel French, pick up a book every time. Yeah, yeah. Cast, castingabout.com is uh, updated every day, as far as I know. Very, very, very rarely do they have information that's not accurate. Um, or outdated, but it's, it's incredibly rare and it's only 40 bucks a year. I mean, it's, it's a great bargain. So, um, that's through breakdown services as well. So <laughs> yeah. like I said, everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Gary uh, Marsh uh, owns the world. Uh, uh, the world according to Hollywood. <laughs> yes. So we hope that that helps Marie. Um, thanks so much for listening and thank you for your questions. Uh, anybody who has any other questions about anything we talked about on the podcast today or, or anything acting career related, mm-hmm. you know where to find us. That said, should we uh, roll into part three of, of Woody's interview? Awesome. So we got part three. Woody talks a lot about um, his experience as a motion capture actor and especially doing motion capture for video games uh, and also doing voice work for video games in this, this last part here. So enjoy this, guys, and we'll catch you on the other side. There's a lot of video games out there that are doing motion capture now. I mean, yeah. all the Grand Theft Auto games, Absolutely. all the Uncharted games. Emily Rose is a, a friend of ours who was one of the main characters mm-hmm. in Uncharted, and she did a lot of motion capture for that. So and I'm um, sure she looks much better in a suit than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like, so, so I mean, it, it is a fairly exclusive thing. But it seems like it's a growing market because oh, it is. Video games are is a much bigger market than, uh, uh, huge, than film and television. Huge. So and video game cinematics, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. The, because the storylines. Of video games are are expanding. Uh, you know, before it was just you know, well, we'll give them a minute to you know get from this thing where something explodes, or you shoot somebody's head off. So the, I mean, nobody wanted to see the story; they just wanted to shoot shit and make stuff explode. Now people are really getting into the stories, and they've expanded the storylines of these video games, and they've you really get sucked into. Uh, to the world of the video games. And I think things like, you know, World of Warcraft certainly uh, 
was uh, you know and, and Grand Theft Auto and things like that were, were really big uh, and really uh, um, the, like sort of the ones that launched uh, expanding those storylines and, and and getting people as involved with them and and you know you know now I mean you can watch some of these commercials for video games and it takes you 10 15 seconds to realize it's an advertisement it's a for a video game and not a movie yeah. because the stories are so compelling and the characters look so real I mean the photorealism that they've been able to accomplish now with with uh, you know motion capture performance capture is incredible yeah and, and you've you worked know. on you worked on was it the born legacy video yeah. game yeah cool so was that different in any way from working on a, a film motion no, it, capture was, it was very different it was just uh, you know there was nobody else to to act off of mm-hmm. or to react off of uh, and uh, I was I, I was doing the facial uh, facial capture. Oh, cool! For the film, so they had stunt guys that came in and did all the body stuff, all the stunt stuff, all the action stuff, and then they brought me in, and I sat on a chair in a really tiny little volume, like the size of half of your living room, surrounded by cameras, with all of the markers on my face, and had they had pre-recorded dialogue for the characters. I had to learn the dialogue, but I also had to learn it in, as it was said by the actor who recorded it. In the same kind of speech patterns. And, exactly. And, oh, wow. Okay. So I had to lip sync to this pre-recorded dialogue while at the same time providing the accurate facial reactions for whatever was being said and whatever was happening around. So if it was a situation... Uh, you know, where an actor was screaming a line and diving for cover, uh, you know, behind, uh, you know, a shipping crate or something. I I can't move because if I move, it'll screw up, oh my God. you know, the capture. But I still have to somehow make my face look like I'm in motion, diving <laughs> and screaming, you know, while ducking bullets and rolling over to the side. <laughs> so you're like... <laughs> was how do I really do this? Super awkward. Like, okay, it, I'm diving now. It was a, yeah, know, no, like, it was a, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of, you know, and stuff like where you're, you know, you, you're getting hit. Well, how do I get hit but not move my head? You know? Right. I don't, uh, you know, so there was, a, there was a huge learning curve, uh, but it was a ton of fun. I mean, once you kind of figured out how to, to do those things and didn't feel quite so stupid and awkward, Mm-hmm. You know, it was great, and, and the people that are involved with that are, you know, completely professional, and they know how to, you know, to get the performances out of you and to make you comfortable, and it's so low-key, and, you know, it was a great studio. They went to everybody, surfed at lunch, and then came back and filmed some more. And Sounds it was, great. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was a great experience. You know, it was down to San Diego. Very cool. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about the, the voice thing, actually, because... Um, you, you didn't really mention, you know, you said, Victoria said, don't worry about the voice and your audition prior, but... Right. Uh, so on these f- films, when you're doing the motion capture, like, are you doing the voiceover work? Yeah. The, ever, like, or some of the time and not some of the time, or yeah. what no, is you, that like? And, uh, and almost always, you, uh, it's shot the same as a, a standard live-action film is shot, and you record dialogue uh, simultaneously. So when you're hired as an actor on any of these films, you're hired to perform the character in its entirety, uh, you know, physically and vocally. And uh, you'll be recorded on the day. As you're doing the physical stuff, you're doing the dialogue at the same time. Uh, 
the only reason that Polar Express was different was because we were playing eight-year-olds. Uh, and, the, you know, the, the actors who could do a little kid's voice or an elf's voice, they, you know, great, use your own voice. But they brought in, uh, uh, you know, professional children, uh, you know, child actors to, uh, to dub all of the voices, including Tom's, uh, uh, for the film. So, uh, you know, but then, you know, when they went back and, and uh, I think the next go-around was Monster House, uh, they decided it was easier for everybody involved to actually have kids play kids. So they went and actually found 12-year-olds to play 12-year-olds. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah. Very cool. So if somebody wants to learn more about getting into motion capture, um, is it just the kind of thing where you just kind of scan the breakdowns and when something comes up, yeah. you jump on it? Or is there a, a Yeah, I mean, a there's, there really or? isn't kind of a, a, you know, there really isn't a secret society uh, um, and other than, uh, you know, there's an agency called Vox that's, uh, that's, that's great. And they have a lot of, you know, they have a whole, uh, sort of motion capture department. Um, and they do a lot of, uh, you know, video game, uh, work, uh, with their clients. Uh, it's, you know, it's a great place to, you know, to sort of inquire, uh, but until you have the experience, I, you know, I'm not sure how open they are to actually, you know, bringing some on. It's not like a, you know, a training facility. Uh, but, you know, most of these projects are uh, just standard breakdown auditions. I mean, it, it, you know, I know that no actors legally have access to the breakdowns, but when we, when we do, you know, trip over them in the gutter that somebody had thrown them away and read them. They just show up in your doorstep every morning inexplicably. Like yes. Uh, then, then yeah. I mean, you know, have, have your agent submit you for them as they would any other project. There really isn't anything different. I get actors, uh, you know, emailing me, calling me all the time. How do I get into, you know, to performance capture? I, I think I'd be really great at it. Or I've, got an audition for this video game and they said it's going to be mocap so what do i need to do you need to prepare like you would for any other role Mm -hmm. and go in and do it i mean there 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 are some you know some differences when you get to the you know to performing it when you're auditioning it's really not going to be much different uh but when on the day i mean when you're actually shooting you just have to remember that uh, you know, you need to you need to physicalize the emotion. Uh, that if you're if you are not consciously uh, sort of acting out the emotion physically and telling the story physically, as well as just with your face and your eyes, that your character will completely get lost and will not translate because you will look like a cardboard cutout. Uh, you know, when it comes to to animating this character. It because almost, because you as an actor are are driving, you know this character. Right. The the you know all all of the animation stuff is digital hair and makeup. Uh, but it's also you know it's very sensitive to uh, you know to your body movement. So uh, you know you have there are a lot of you know brilliant actors and some of them I've worked with on on, on these productions uh, that you don't realize that as film actors. Everything they do is really in their eyes, and they're they're brilliant at it. But then they get to something like this, and it's you know it's sort of like being in the last seat of the theater and trying to you know see the person on stage, and all of their all they're doing 
is standing still and giving everything in their eyes, it's not going to translate. You need to think of it like you were playing to the back row of the theater. And that's not making the performance big. That's just physicalizing, you know, the story and the emotion that you're, that you're feeling. I was going to say, it sounds like having a a rich background in in theater and stage probably helps immensely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, we're just about out of time. So we have, uh, two questions that we like to kind of wrap up with, with all our guests. Uh, they're a little bit new agey, but, uh, bear, bear with us. (laughs) Do you want to, uh, bust out the first one? We're going to stop apologizing for that. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, first one is, um, uh, do you feel as though, uh, this career, this path, the industry chose you or you chose it? Hmm. Um, could I take the second question? The second question is, what's my favorite curse word? No. <laughs> um, what do I feel like? Uh, I think that I think that this career chose me. Um, I think I came out of the womb performing. Uh, but like I said, I, I never thought of the business or the industry as as a particular calling. I just thought of performing as, as, as a calling, as just something that came natural and sort of the first thing that I really remember bringing me joy, you know, because even stuff that I would see on TV and films, I would act out again with my friends or, uh, you know, for my family. And that was so in that way. Yeah. I think, I was sort of called by it, whatever I ultimately end up doing. I mean, whether I continue with the acting or, or, you know, segue into, you know, writing, producing, uh, you know, now the industry has definitely gotten its hooks in me and I can see that, that ultimately this is where I was supposed to be. Um, but I, I think originally all I, all I was ever drawn to was, was performing and, and that sort of innate calling, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then our second question is, um, if you could take all your experience, all the kind of victories and failures um, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and just kind of wrap it up into one nugget of advice you could give to uh, an actor or someone in this industry, what would that one nugget of advice be? That one thing you could pass on? Uh, be true to yourself and listen to your gut. I mean, that's... Ultimately, that's that's really all that you have to rely on, because no matter what success or failures you're currently experiencing or experience over the long haul, no matter what anybody tells you about your talent or lack thereof, no matter what goals you may initially set for yourself or timelines you may initially set for yourself uh, in this industry... And no matter what your ideas of success are, and they will continually evolve, uh, it all comes down to being true to yourself and listening to your gut. Because your gut will tell you when you're heading in the right direction. If you really, truly listen to it and shut out all the other voices, including your ego, (laughs) your gut will tell you if you're going in the right direction, if you're doing the right thing your gut will let you know if this is still your passion or if there's another passion that you discover along the way. And 
as far as being true to yourself, uh, you know, you have to know that that you are perfect and complete and and right for what you are doing. And there isn't any particular look or size or color or ethnicity or age that is the flavor of the month that is the it thing that everybody is perfect for you know for whatever i mean and you you convince other people of that because you know you can't you cannot be anybody else and i know a lot of people have told you this i mean you cannot be anybody else when you go out uh you know on auditions you just have to bring yourself and your true self uh to the to the project and to the character uh, because otherwise it'll be completely phony and they can smell that a mile away and the roles that are right for you, you'll get. And the roles that are right for somebody else, they'll get. And you have to be as happy for them as you are for yourself when that happens. And know that if you didn't get something, that that's the reason, that it was because it belonged to that person. Not because you did anything wrong or you weren't the right person or you're not good enough or pretty enough or young enough or thin enough or whatever that just be true to yourself and listen to your gut and honestly you won't go wrong and there's no shame if your gut tells you you know what i don't love acting anymore i want to do something else there is no shame in that just as long as you're you know as long as you stay you know true to uh to whatever is you know you feel mm-hmm. yeah you'll be good, good wow stuff, amen <laughs> If people want to find out more about you or, or get in touch with you, where can they go? Uh, well, they can track me down on Facebook. You know, Woody Schultz. They can find me there. Uh, they can uh, they can track me down through SAG-AFTRA. They can get in touch with me. They can find me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'm at uh, you got a Woody. <laughs> we'll, stick up. we'll put it on the website. We'll put that on the website. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm at this point kind of starting ground zero and, and rebuilding everything from scratch. So I'll have a, a new website up and, um, and starting a new production company and, uh, awesome. yeah. So kind of, kind of rebuilding and rebranding from the ground up. I'm pretty excited about it. Great. But, uh, but I'll, I'll let Great. you guys know when all that happens. Please do. Cause we, uh, you know, we, we have lots of questions about production company stuff too. So, yeah, um, absolutely. maybe there'll be around too at some point. Absolutely. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be really awesome. Woody, Seriously. thank you so much for being here. Hey, so great pleasure. to, to sit down. It was, it was an honor. I'm a huge fan of the show. I've, you know, been listening for, uh, for years now. I, I, I really love it. And, oh, cool. and I'm so grateful to you guys that, that you're doing this. So, and encourage everybody to please support them. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the man. Listen, Listen, subscribe, support, (laughs) donate. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that final part of Woody's interview. Bye, Woody. Woody. So nice to have you. I'm sure he'll come back. We've we've had a great time. We had a great time listening to him and keeping in touch with him on Twitter while his episodes go live. I still owe him a, a coffee. We're, we're supposed to go out to coffee and, and talk production company stuff and union stuff and all that. So, um, and it, you know, he'll probably come back on the podcast at some point. Oh, yeah. As well. Yeah. We've got yeah. a lot of people that we're really excited to bring back on the podcast. We just want to kind of give it a little bit of space. Um, but I think pretty soon we'll have some, some great conversations with some old favorites. <laughs> Absolutely. So. I've been, I, I, I think I've been, 
thinking that it might be interesting to have a panel so that you get some of these old favorite guests together so it's not that, so that there's still variety it's not that they're just like yeah we're having we're interviewing them again about what they've been up to since the last time they were on the show but they're actually interacting with one another i thought that might be oh that'd be really cool. fun yeah, yeah, we should organize that. Jen, Jen, <laughs> Jen, get on it. Get over here. <laughs> like we have an office. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. We have nothing of the kind. <laughs> so, uh, pick of the pick week. Of the week. Dude. Oh, I think I beat you too. I know you did. I was going to. I'm piggybacking off of yours anyway. So oh, that's out. true. Yeah. I always go first, though. Uh, so, mine is a TED Talk, which I think I've only done one, maybe two TED Talks in the past. And I thought this had been one that I had made my pick of the week before, but then Trevor said he had never seen it. Or had seen it, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast. Anyway, uh, it's by Sean Anker. It's called The Happy Secret to Better Work. I've posted it on uh, Facebook and Twitter before. It's just so, so, so good. It's, what, 16 minutes long or something, maybe even less. Uh, Yeah, 12 minutes, 12 minutes long. Mm-hmm. You will not regret it. It's first of all, the guy's hilarious. It's he basic. It's almost like he does stand up for the whole twelve minutes while teaching this amazing lesson. And essentially, what it is is talking about how, especially in this country, we have completely we've become a society where we are unhappy about work. Work is a bad word. It's like hmm. the big W word. You know, work. Ugh, gotta go to work, right? And he said that the problem is because we don't reward happiness like we don't we just like reward work we just reward you working overtime or working long hours or whatever um and he talks about how there are companies out there who are actually making a difference in terms of the way that they treat their employees so on and so forth and one of the things i really love about it is at the end he gives like these actionable things that you can do on a daily basis to make yourself happier so they include things like uh, the three gratitudes, which is basically th- three things, naming three things, and you can write them down or think about them and meditate on them. Three things that you are grateful for. Right off the bat, like start your day coming from that space. Three mm. things you're grateful for. Makes a huge difference. I mean, talk about some, a high leverage activity. Yeah. You know? Journaling, exercising, meditation, and then, of course, random acts of kindness, which we talked about in the first part of today's podcast. It's just about focusing out, about giving, a, giving it away, being generous with yourself and your time and your skills and your, your, your own work. So essentially what this does is he said that through their research, they've discovered that this actually changes the chemical, like literally the way that your synapse fire in your brain and the chemical makeup of your brain such that you are more consistently releasing dopamine, which is the pleasure chemical in your brain. So it makes you happier, literally chemically happier and Dopamine also wakes up other areas in your uh, in your brain that are like the learning centers of your brain. Mm-hmm. So it makes you more productive. It makes you a better worker. It makes it easier to learn things. So all in all, your life will be better when you're happier, not the other way around. I think that's his main point. It's like your your life will be better when you're happier as opposed to you being happier once your life gets better. Right. People wait around like, oh, as soon as I can get through X, Y, and Z, I'll be happier. Well, yeah. guess what? You can choose to be happy now. And that will actually increase your productivity, increase the things that you attract into your life, so on and so forth. Yeah. And that's so huge for actors, I think, too. And and just to kind of throw another thing in there, when you said work, you know, people always just kind of like, oh, I have to go to work. I have to do this. Mm -hmm. I really like David Allen's. uh, David Allen wrote GTD. 
Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I really love his definition of work, and he just defines work as anything that's not done yet that needs to be done. Huh. So, yeah, he's at the wow. office. He's got to call this person back. He's got to file a report. He's got to schedule a seminar. He's got to do this, that. That's work. But work is also stopping by the store on the way home and getting tomatoes. It's also playing with the kids. I mean, it's just he just defines it as it's all in one big pile for him. These are the things I need to get done today, and they're not done. Huh. And that's how he defines work. And it might seem weird to lump your family in with your job, but if you look at it that way, you, you, can, you can start to kind of shift the paradigm of your life. So you don't look at, 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 you don't start isolating things. It's all just stuff that you get to do throughout the day. Right. And, 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 yeah. then, and in a way it makes it easier because you don't have this internal label attached to the evil work job, you know, <laughs> right. it's like, it's like, no, I have to do this just as much as I have to go get milk, <laughs> you know, yeah. just as much as I get to mow the lawn or whatever yeah. it is. And if you take it a step further, if you really get like super new agey with it, you can all, you can also say all of that stuff's already been done. It's already happened. It's just waiting for you to actually catch up with it. That's some Battlestar Galactica stuff right there. <laughs> this has already happened, and it it will happen again. Uh, yeah, uh, I like that. So, so to piggyback off, so say so, what is so say so say we so all so say we all <laughs> <laughs> so say we all such a good show. It's on Netflix, by the way. The whole entire series. <laughs> oh, totally, you know what else just totally came worth the week? You know what else just got up, an update on Netflix yesterday? Walking Dead. Walking Dead season two. Boom! I'm so Boom. excited. I watched season one in one night. All six Me episodes. Too. Me too. I was up till like three a.m. It was great. <laughs> yeah, and then I had Love bad it. dreams. And then you <laughs> Why did you have bad dreams? I wonder. Um, to piggyback off your pick of your the week. Your pick of the week, my friend. Um, this website I came across probably a year or two ago, maybe longer, called HopeRevo.com. H-O-P-E-R-E-V-O.com. And it's short for HopeRevolution.com. And it's, a, it's basically this movement that this woman who works for the, the website company, Square, she started uh, just in her stories on the website, but... The, the idea is just to write a little note of kind of happiness or hope or something and leave it in a public place for somebody to find. And you can get really creative with it and make pop-ups and have all sorts of decorations, or you can do something as simple as a scrap of paper that you tape to a bench or I don't know. And, and it can just say anything. It can say something like, you know, you are beautiful. And then just, just leave it somewhere for somebody to find. And imagine how different our world could be if even just one out of every hundred people did that, one out of every thousand people did that, we'd have notes everywhere, you know? Yeah. And, and the ripple effect that that sends out into the world, I think is pretty amazing. So when you said, you know, random acts of kindness, I was like, got it. There's my pick of the week to it huh. right there. Hoperevo.com. Awesome. I love it. I'm looking yeah. at the website right now. It looks amazing. Yeah. And there's a lot of little, um, I think there's even a Flickr pool of photos of, of, of photos of, of notes that people have created and left places. So you can kind of get an idea for for how fancy you can get with it if you want, or how how you can uh, how you can do it. I love this. Yeah, isn't it cool? I love this. Yeah, this is so cool. I, yeah, I'm looking at the Flickr feed right now. Yeah, it's so cool. So maybe uh, maybe that's our homework for this week. Yes. If for those of you who would like, this is uh, by no means mandatory. Um, put a little everything uh, that we assign is put mandatory. A little, <laughs> put a little hope revolution note out there into the world and and see how it comes back to you. Because I, I guarantee it'll come back in the most unexpected ways. Uh, we also have a listener pick of the week. 
Jen. Oh, that's right. This is our, a, uh, yeah, Jen, our, is pro- new. our production. This is new. We, we mentioned this last week, and uh, I love the idea. And uh, Jen, our production coordinator, stepped up and offered her first prick of the week. So quickly, before we wrap up here, Jen recommends a book called Top of the Rock, The Rise and Fall of Must-See TV by a guy named Warren Littlefield. I looked it up on Amazon, and it's basically a collection of essays from people like Jerry Seinfeld and... Uh, you know, the cast of Friends and um, the makers of, of all these kind of hit NBC sitcoms. And they all just talk about what it was like back in the 80s and 90s when, you know, ER and Seinfeld and Friends and Frasier and all those NBC shows wow. like, ruled the airwaves. Wow. And of course, now, as we all know, NBC is kind of not terribly popular for a couple of reasons. But she recommends it. And so it's a kind of a neat look at uh, how, a, you know, one of the ma- the four major network broadcast TV channels works. Um, and it's written by the guy or compiled by the guy rather who like literally headed up that whole movement. Wow. Yeah. So it looks cool. cool. So thank you, Jen, for that first listener pick of the week. So, uh, Trevor mentioned in the last episode, but if you'd like to offer your pick of the week, Mm -hmm. uh, send them our way. That's another, just another way for for our listeners to contribute to the podcast, get their voice on the podcast. Yeah. Just shoot us an email, uh, put uh, listener pick of the week in the subject line. That way we'll know what we're, what we're getting and uh, we'll make sure we include a pick on every episode awesome and that's it it's all she wrote all right we so, wrote they all, wrote it's all somebody wrote for inside acting um we don't write this we, stuff down <laughs> we don't clearly if that's not obvious by now uh lots of different ways that you can be in touch with the podcast you can start by going to our website at insideactingpodcast.com and on there or rather from there you can branch off and call us and leave us a voicemail at 2132actors you can send us an email insideactingpodcast at gmail.com hop on our facebook group uh or just you know leave a comment on one of the episodes um, there's a little place to do that, too. Yep. Or leave us a rating on Actorated or iTunes and mm-hmm. contact us through Twitter. We already said Facebook, right? Well, yeah, we have yeah. a Facebook page and a Facebook group. So they're slightly different. The page where you can, you know, write on our wall and share things and um, you can like us there. And, and that's kind of like our main page. And then we have a group where you can go if you want to go a little deeper and interact with listeners, pose questions, read about what other people are up to. There's that too. We don't have like a fancy URL for that. That's like facebook.com slash groups slash 014, like something crazy, you know, Uh, like that. So, um, search. There's, there's a link. Yeah. You can search for it. And there's also a link on our website, um, to that. But, um, you can also just find our page at facebook.com slash inside acting. Awesome. And uh, last but not least, of course, you can always donate to the podcast just by going to our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. Over on the right-hand side, you'll see a little donate button where you can donate in one lump sum, uh, $1, $1, or subscribe to the podcast. What is it? Subscribe or become a patron of the podcast uh, by donating X number of dollars per month. And if you do that, you will go on our patron page, a little headshot, bio on our patron page as a thank you for being one of our patrons. Mm-hmm. I was looking through the patron page the other day and I was like, this is so cool. This is like our, our, this is like our team, you know, yeah. it's like our inner circle, it's like yeah. our army. Like it just feels so good to have that kind of support and to know that people really value what we're doing. So, um, it doesn't take much to, uh, to let us know you care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of our patrons, I might as well say this because it just happened today. Uh, congratulations to our patron, Tavis Dans, 
oh, and yeah? his wife Emily, who just had their first, very first baby today. No way! Yeah, little All Luca right. was born uh, born today or yesterday. I couldn't tell by the Facebook posts; it was wow. a little confusing. But right. they just had their first their first baby. So, uh, uh, big oh, shout cool, out to man. them! Congratulations! That's <clears throat> amazing! Wow, kids. <laughs> Children. <laughs> um, cool, man. So that's it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wrapped up. Sweet. For episode 84, uh, I'm Trevor Elgott. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And remember, all boats rise with the tide.